Support for the Trailblazers.fm podcast comes from the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, a national membership network that reminds us there's no cavalry coming to save the day in our communities. We are the iconic leaders we've been waiting for, the curators of the change we're seeking to see. To learn more about the groundbreaking work of the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, visit tbpod.com slash blackmaleachievement. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's up, Blazing Nation? So listen up. If you trust the process, you can accomplish anything. And that's the takeaway from today's episode and our featured guest, Henry Kakula. Henry is the founder and CEO of 4.0 Growth Productivity Accountability, otherwise called 4.0 GPA. Now, Henry is a first-generation American. His parents migrated to the United States from Liberia. And his mom was actually unfamiliar with a college readiness process, which prevented Henry from taking advantage of different opportunities that could have provided him with a full ride and scholarships to go to college. Now, thankfully, Henry was able to turn things around. He had failed, I believe, six classes, but ended up graduating from high school with a 2.5 GPA. But the story didn't end there. He gained admission to a top public university, University of Texas, which is not usual. And as you'll hear in a moment, he was able to win scholarships, even with this relatively lower GPA. And so in our conversation, Henry also reflects on the problem that he later saw after finishing college, where he saw other students, you know, the problems other students were struggling with and facing, and how he launched a company of his own with $500 and very little business knowledge and how things are paying off today as a result. What's most impressive to me is that Henry has designed a curriculum that is also helping kids win over $80,000 on average in scholarship funding, receiving higher ACT scores and obtaining an average of a 3.2 GPA in their first year of college. And he shares some gems for all our parents that can certainly be applied to help you with getting your own kids prepared for the college application process and getting some free money to go to college. So if you're listening to our podcast today and this is your first time coming in contact with the Trailblazers platform, I just want to say big ups and welcome you and thank you for tuning in and checking us out. We welcome you as part of the Blazer Nation community. And our only ask is that you'd share this up, share this podcast up with at least one other person that you think might be impacted most by our platform and our featured stories. And if you share us up on social, be sure to tag me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And you can find me at Steve Nehart or at TV Pod. And I invite that connection. I love to meet people who are in our community, listening to our content and feeding off and finding value, deriving true value from this content. So that said, let's get set guys to receive some mission feel from today's featured guest, Henry Kakula. Hope you enjoy. Henry, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation this evening. Thank you for having me on. So I love your story, man. I'm happy we get to share your journey. 
and your wisdom and some of your mission field with our community. I feel like we've been talking for a couple months now. And, you know, from watching what's happening to you right now, so much is going on already this year. And so I wanted to open things off and ask, you know, as you reflect on all that's happening right now, what's an unexpected blessing you're most grateful for? An unexpected blessing is just recently having the opportunity to receive a procurement contract with the seven biggest school district in the United States with my company. So that was something that was unexpected. Wow. Congrats on that. That's awesome. That's unexpected and awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So you live in Houston today, right? Yes, I live in Houston, Stephen. Yes. That's awesome. So your story is one, though, that takes us back to Liberia, right? Where your family migrated from to the U.S., right? Yes, very, very inspiring story. So how old were you when your family migrated to the States? Actually, I was about four years old, to be correct. Wow. What were some of the biggest challenges, Henry, you know, for you and for your family that they faced coming to the States? Looking at my brothers and sisters at that time, my brothers and sisters were still in Liberia and they had a civil war. And during the civil war, a lot of people were dying during that time. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a blessing for them to be able to go to a refugee camp and then have the opportunity to come to America. And during that time period, something that was very difficult was I was learning how to talk at that time. So you can imagine I was in school and I had a very thick accent. And some teachers claimed that they did not understand what I was saying. And so that led to them putting me in special ed because they could not understand my accent. So that was something that was very challenging for me at that time. Henry, it's bad enough, right? Being in your youth, right? For some of your siblings, maybe in adolescent years, I migrated to the US when I was 16 and I'd already finished high school. And, you know, I realized how very little I knew about the country, even then, in terms of history, in terms of culture, in terms of people and language, as you just touched on, and environment. I mean, there's so much, right? that we aren't equipped for that adjustment. And it's interesting because I've lived here now. I've lived in the States for 25 years this coming summer, this coming July. And, you know, I feel like my seven-year-old daughter, Henry, knows more than me already about some elements of history with a second grade education. So I think about it sometimes and I wish that there were like an initiative or a program to help young migrants to be able to adjust to life in the States. And with what you just said just a minute ago, it's interesting. It'd be really helpful for others that we then have to interact with to also maybe have, you know, maybe it's teachers in certain states where you have a high migrant population, right? To be able to know how to help us to adjust to the environment as well. But, you know, fast forward for a second here, You shared with me as we were preparing for this call that in high school, you know, you you had a GPA, your GPA was like 2.3, right? Yes, that's correct. And so it had me thinking, you know, was the GPA the result of you not being able to apply yourself or was it factor of home life and things happening outside of the classroom? Talk me through what was happening then. It was, it was a factor of a diverse group of list of things that included, well, At that time, I would have to say I was actually, my mom had actually, she was evicted. And so that led to us not having a place to stay. Wow. And that played a major role. And then I was actually working three jobs when I was 16 to 17. 
And then another thing that played another role and factor, I never knew how to properly prepare and review and study and class management because I went to a school that was very rigorous. So I went to a challenging school. So I was taking my course selection. I was taking AP courses, pre-AP courses in English, knowing that, hey, I made an A last year in English. So English should not be difficult for me. And the magnitude of the rigor was different. And class selection, it played a vital role. It played a major role. Mm. Wow. So you never lacked the desire. I mean, you had the desire to still want to go to college. It was just lack of a plan, really, and being able to organize things in a way that would set you up for success, right? Yes, sir. And I was always motivated and determined. I always did. I mean, I was on the speech and debate team, came to school every day. And that was something that also changed my life was being on the speech and debate team as well. Wow. So do you have a particular passion as a kid, like in terms of what you wanted to do? Yeah, as a kid, I always wanted to be a politician. That was something I grew up looking at Bob Dole, Bill Clinton, and I think it was like the 92 election. I always wanted to be a politician growing up. Really? Wow. Still any desire there to get into politics? Maybe one day that, <laughs> that, that, that urge will actually come back. Yeah. And hopefully I'll be able to do that later on in my later years. Wow. So... You know you needed to get some assistance, right? Given the financial challenges at home, if college was going to be a reality, you probably are going to need some scholarships. But I found it really interesting that you shot your shot, as you said, and found a way to get scholarships, even with a 2-5. Yes, sir. Wow. And you go on also, you touched on this slightly, but you go on to figure out a system that would work for you and you'd employ in your first year of college. It helps you to get straight A's your first year is pretty unbelievable. I'm going to come back to that in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to move us forward a bit because for everyone listening, Henry with a 2.5 GPA in high school goes on to graduate from University of Texas. You begin serving with Teach for America, where you begin seeing a problem with other high school students. Describe the problem that you discovered, Henry. The students that came from a background, a low-income background where their parents did not go to college. Mm -hmm. They did not understand how to prepare for college. And then the second issue was they did not understand what their purpose was, what to do in life, what was their calling. And then the third issue, I saw a lot of my students incarcerated. Several students ended up incarcerated or ended up going to working at a job that they did not like. And they had troubles with applying for college. So they did not end up going to college. And I said that we needed to stop that. We needed to change and find a solution for that problem immediately. Wow. Henry, I think this is so remarkable. What was your major in college? My major was government and <laughs> I had a minor. Yeah, it was a major in government. So here's the amazing thing, right? <laughs> what does any trailblazer do when he or she sees a problem? <laughs> Henry, a trailblazer at heart, paved a new trail by starting your own business to help schools prepare students for college. And I think this is remarkable for a couple of reasons, right? One is <laughs> you studied government, not business. So you don't have any real business knowledge. You don't have any real large sums of capital to get this thing going. You just did it, right? Yes. This is amazing. And the second thing I love is that you didn't try to mentor one-on-one, -on -one, right? You had the mindset to go about providing a service to schools, which then serve 
many students at once. I just think this is remarkable for a young mind to be able to see that opportunity and see that pathway that you did is amazing to me. So you've only got like very, very limited cash on hand and very little experience. Walk me through the first step that got the ball rolling for you. The first step that allowed me to get the ball rolling was saying that I was able to do this as a teacher and implement some of these systems successfully. I did it for myself. Now I can actually recycle the will and do it without having a venture capitalist invest in my company. So all I needed was less than $100, honestly, to get started. And then once I got started, I was able to get the $300 to get the LLC formation and I could go from there. But having, I actually had a friend, my roommate in college, he actually passed away, I think a couple of years ago. And we went to high school and college together. And that showed me that life is so short. Yes. I cannot waste time. Time is wasting every day. So I have to implement and shoot my shot. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then I tried. At least I know I tried. Right. Wow. So tell me, you know, the interesting thing with entrepreneurship is that we're never on a straight line from A to B, right? There are mistakes and challenges and failures along the way, which we learn from. I'd love for you to share with Blaze Nation one of your biggest mistakes in this journey and what you learned from it. Okay. One of my biggest mistakes, I would have to say it is always understanding when I started off earlier with my company, I did not believe in marketing. Mm. And when you make a certain amount of profit, you should invest a percentage in that in marketing to increase and grow and scale. So that was something that I was neglected. I was neglecting because I did not want to assume take in a lot of customers and not be able to understand the process of my services and make mistakes. Right. So you you are able to start reinvesting. And so is that something still that you do to this day? That's something I would have to say this month, I actually started to create marketing plans and invest more into marketing. And now I'm able to see that by investing into Twitter or Instagram or Facebook ads, now I have people follow me and contact me because they saw an ad. And now I'm seeing how it's actually paying off dividends by using that system. Wow, that's fantastic. How long have you been in business, Henry? I have to say, to be accurate, probably about a year and five (laughs) months. This is amazing. 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 So walk us through, because again, this is something you started with like $500 and you're now getting all the accolades and South by Southwest, you just shared another amazing achievement at the top of the call. What's your advice, Henry, to other aspiring entrepreneurs punching a clock right now on a corporate nine to five, but maybe experiencing a similar reality where they had little experience, little upfront capital, and, you know, just in a state of paralysis, right? And not wanting to take a step forward because of those those excuses. The first thing I recommend is buy a notebook that's 95 cents and then write down three entrepreneurs that you follow that you aspire to be like, who you want to emulate the most. Write their names down and contact them and reach out to them. Snail mail, it doesn't matter. I reached out to Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. He responded back to me. You reached out to Robert Kraft? Yes, sir. 
<laughs> How did you reach out? Email? No, I mailed them a letter. So if you mail people letters, the chances of them responding increases tremendously. Much higher. Yes. And I noticed that when he purchased the Patriots, the Patriots were not that successful. I'd probably say in the early 90s, they probably had some seasons that won like three games. And and I noticed how he was able to create a system, a recipe for success. And I told myself that if I want to be a successful entrepreneur like him, he came from a background of nothing. Really? Yes, sir. Wow. So hold on. you reach out to Robert Kraft. It's a pretty big thing here. And the fact he responds to you, do you write you back? Yes, he wrote me back and he sent me, he actually sent me an actual poster, a magazine with my name on it, autographed as well, that I have in my office. Wow. So, I mean, that obviously inspired you to reach out to others. Yes, that has always been my MO. You know, try and see what happens because if this is the guy that pretty much has the most, they have broke a lot of records. Yeah. And if I can take advice from him, that's going to change my life. Wow. So we should definitely write down three people and reach out to them. And what what should we say? Ask for advice or tips on saying you admire them. What are some key tips that they can provide you with? Mm-hmm. And if you cannot reach out to them, follow them on IG or social media and turn their notifications on. Mm-hmm. So now you receive every message they're sending you. And then the second thing is go to work at least 45 minutes early every day and work on your business while you're at work. During your lunch, work on your business plan and write it down with your notebook. So these are things that you're actually doing at your job that's going to motivate you a little bit more. Wow. And a business plan. It sounds like something that's really intimidating. What were you writing in your plan as you're kind of like fleshing out your business? I was writing down my niche. What is going to make me different? Uh What are the problems I'm going to solve? What is going to be the solution? How I'm going to target the people that I want. And then I noticed that I had a limited amount of funds. So I made this like being a general manager, owner of a football team. You have a draft. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that, okay, I need a quarterback. My quarterback was my website designer. I needed somebody that was good in writing. Okay, I'm, that's my running back. So it's pretty much you're writing a list of people that will be able to help you for almost free of charge. And that's what I did. I put together a team that was able to help me and provide me with the resources I needed free of charge to grow and to make my plan come alive. Wow. So it was like a breakthrough point for you? Yes, sir. As you got things going, what made you realize like, yeah, this thing is probably going to get gain some legs and grow? It was having having my first event and seeing that I had a good turnout. And what led to that three months later, after me starting my company, I had a contract with a charter school and that was big. And the results I re- produced with them spoke volumes on how successful my product was. Wow. So what does a company look like today? Like you just shared with me, you got a contract, right? Yes. Sir. So, I mean, are you growing a team right now to kind of help you? Like, are you able to handle, you know, the growth that's coming your way? So the growth is coming. Now we work with universities as well. And I have, um, I have a team of nine. So I have interns at Columbia University, Rice University, U of H. And they actually in George Mason. So I have a lot of interns. And then I also have part-time employees. And that has allowed me to scale at a larger level. Henry, I love your story, man. And you're such an inspiration to me, to our Blaze Nation. Listen, everyone listening, this is a young man. I don't think you're even 30 years old yet, right? That's correct. <laughs> so let nothing stop anyone listening to Henry. Now, I promised everyone listening earlier that I was going to come back to this, right? 
And I kind of want us to come back here. You figured out a way to get scholarships on a low GPA. And you've helped others to do the same or similar. What are some secrets that you're able to maybe share with some of our parents around the country, really around the world, that can help them get their kids into college, hopefully on a free ride, or at least getting some assistance? One of the biggest secrets, it is analyzing the scholarships you're applying to and looking at probability. If you're applying to a scholarship that's only going to award one student, your chances of winning that scholarship are pretty much under 1%. But if you're applying to a scholarship that's going to award 1,000 students, then apply to look for those scholarships that award a lot of students. Mm -hmm. That's the number one factor to help you out. Then the second thing is creating a story. A lot of people struggle with putting together a story talking about adversity because they're shy and nervous that someone's going to come to school the next day and say that, hey, I read your scholarship essay and I discovered that, you know, your clothes were from Goodwill and they're going to make fun of you. So you have to be open and talk about your story. That's the second thing. Then the third biggest, most important thing is hitting the submit button, applying. Mm -hmm. People do not apply and that hurts them. So that's the key guidance from one, two and three. Make sure you have a scholarship that has a lot of people. Make sure you explain your story and apply. What's the importance of the story? The story allows the committee to see what challenges you have either faced and what makes you unique and what your perspective is. So depending on the topic, if you're talking about how have you overcome adversity, able to explain your story clearly, that may say that may allow the committee to say that, oh, see that, okay, their GPA was low because of this reason, or this person is unique. They have an unorthodox way of thinking. So that's why it's very important for you to explain your story, to allow someone to see the challenges that you have actually overcome. Love it. Branding and marketing 101. I knew the answer to that, but (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. So you're an amazing, amazing young trailblazer. Can't wait to see what you have happening in 10 years from now, right? And see what you're able to accomplish then. What's on your vision board as you look forward? What do you envision this becoming, 4.0 becoming, you know, five years, 10 years out from now? By that time, I envision it being in having locations in different states, um, franchises, and then expanding globally, internationally, I think is something the world can use. And that's going to be major for us. And just moving into the world of tech, I want to move into the world of tech as well and have a product that people can use to help them find their purpose in life and understand soft skills. I think soft skills are not being utilized in schools. It's not being taught. And that's playing a major role in how people end up incarcerated in their decision making. So that's where I see that going and then eventually starting a different company from there on. Well, we're here and we're cheering you on and and looking forward to see What's your next and what you're able to create from this? Before I let you go, I have a couple more questions for you. What's one book that you've read that you'd want to recommend to our Blaze Nation? I would have to say the book called Finish. It's a book that's very, it's different. It talks about goal setting. Mm -hmm. And the thing about goal setting, sometimes I do this a lot myself, that I would set a tremendous goal. I would set a goal that's my first year. I stated that, hey, I wanted to make $500,000 my first year. (laughs) <laughs> and then I noticed that I didn't accomplish that goal. So it's better for people to sometimes set their goals. And maybe if you set a goal for 500000 cut it down to 250000 mm. and create 
more realistic goals. But once you accomplish your goals, it motivates you to even go more and accomplish those goals because 92% of goals that are set are not accomplished. That's a big number. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, you know, because you have people like this guy here that, you know, will say, you know, 10x what you think you could accomplish. But you're saying make this realistic, Grant Cardone. But I, I can definitely appreciate your thought in saying, okay, you know, set it at a point that it gives you something to work toward, but it's still tangible, right? Yes. Still attain that goal. Last question for you. And I feel like I could talk to you for another <laughs> half hour here. What's one action that our trailblazers hopping off this conversation, what would you tell them to put into action this week that's going to help them to blaze their trail? Is make a list. I like doing this a lot. Is make a list of daily goals mm-hmm. that you would like to accomplish today, starting off tomorrow when you start your day, and make a list of weekly goals. And once you make that list, is write it down and post it in front of you at your desk, at your office, on your window, on your restroom, and create an action plan for every goal that you set. Create an action plan on how you're going to get there. If you're going to state a goal on, I'm going to start a company, let's say January, what I need you to do is state that, okay, now I'm going to make a list of mentors. So I need mentors first to advise me. Now I'm going to look for places that I can obtain business mentors. Secondly, I need money. I need funding. So I'm going to make a list of free pitch competitions. And this is something that helped me later on. I want a pitch competition. So you talk about, okay, pitch competition is going to provide me with the money I need. And third, I want to have a website. So I do not have a lot of money for websites. So what I'm going to do is look for cost-effective Google, spend 10 minutes looking for cost-effective methods of getting my website. And then you write down an action plan. You put a date next to each. And you say, I'm going to do each of these items during my lunch time at work or 30 minutes before I start my day. And you carry out that every day. And then you'll see, okay, now I have this. I have two mentors. I have a website that's up. I have a logo. There's a website called Favor, I think, or Fiverr. You can use that website and you just get started. And that's how you build up the momentum. That's right. That's right. Henry, thank you so much, my brother. This has been a really good conversation. Appreciate having you here. Tell us before we let you go, tell us how we can stay connected and and connect to you, your website and social media. The way we can actually stay connected, easiest way you can find me, it is at Henry, H-E-N-R-Y-K-E-C as in cat, U as in university, L as in love, A as in America, H as in hero, and then J-R. And so those are the easiest ways you can find me or you can send me an email at K-E-C-U-L-A-H at Kakula.com. Awesome. I'll link everything up in our show notes page over at tbpod.com. Henry Kakula, thank you so much, my brother. And thank you for everyone that's listening. And I just want you to do one thing for me is find one week out of your schedule, one day, any day, and just go to a high school or college or middle school and speak to the students. That makes a tremendous difference of them seeing somebody that looks like them that has actually come from a different background and seeing that it's possible that they can be successful. And so just use one hour of your time sometime this year and just speak to a group of students and change their lives and you will be impacting their future. 
Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers.